Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. My name is MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for joining us in another episode. Uh, I have a, another great guest, returning guest on the show. I'm joined by Dr. Mark Farber. He is the editor and publisher of the Gloom, Boom, and Doom Report. Dr. Farber, thank you so much for joining me again on the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm pleased to be back and still alive. <laughs> great to see you. A uh, lot to discuss. A lot of things happening in the world. Let's let's start with the health crisis that we're all experiencing, uh, and what was this global uh, health crisis? Some thoughts on this crisis, how it's been handled, and then maybe the fallout from how it was handled is uh, is the cure worse than uh, than the disease? Yes, I think uh, already in the 17th century, Moliere said more people die from the medicine than from the sickness. And I think that from uh, two angles, the way governments have reacted to the crisis is really, let's say, devastating. First of all, in numerous cases, they have reacted by tightening security measures and buying votes uh, through measures that have actually nothing to do with the coronavirus. So it's an increase in state authority vis-a-vis the individual rights and the private sector. Number two, you know, like this dumb Greta who talks about the climate and always says, listen to the experts. About the last thing I would do in my life is to listen to experts because experts are experts in their narrow field and do not consider many different factors that affect the life and the rights of individuals. So as an example, the scientific community is very divided from where the coronavirus came from. It's not the clear proof that it was man-made. I think it was man-made, but we don't know how it escaped by accident or by intention of someone in the world who wants to sell vaccines. You understand? There are many people who are have a motive to let something like this virus occur. In any event, i just like to say, because there is this huge anti-Chinese sentiment going around, i just like to say, if you are a businessman, China is a businessman, would you try to hurt your best customers? You'd be crazy. <laughs> You'd be crazy. Uh, you understand? You want to keep your customer alive for as long as possible and uh, make them wealthy so that they can buy your goods. You don't want to hurt them. So I don't think that the Chinese intentionally let this virus uh, spread across the world. Uh, number two, I think that the reaction of governments has uh, created an environment where they kill essentially economic activity and they will inflict permanent damage on economic activity by the measures they've taken. So overall, 
I think there isn't a coronavirus crisis. There was a virus, an infectious disease, and the governments have made out of disease of this disease a huge story, a huge story, and restricted individuals' right to go from A to B, to be on the beach, to swim, and so forth. What does swimming have to do with the coronavirus? I don't see the, the connection. You know, when I first looked at it, initially, you're kind of quite shocked at what happened, you know, with any of global event that unfolds. And then as the dust settles, you're looking, you're looking around and you're saying, none of this makes any sense. It's, it's, it's to your, to your point with a lot of the, I would say, draconian measures that's been enforced by governments globally. You just look at it and go, well, <laughs> you know, in South Africa, where I'm originally from, they can't buy any tobacco, uh, any alcohol, uh, but they can go out to the store and buy food. Uh, and, you know, again, like you were saying, oh, the beaches are open in parts of the U.S. now, but businesses are still closed. You know, the Jersey Shore just opened up beaches so you can go to the beach, but businesses are still closed. So there's a lot of things that you look at, you look at this and you go. It doesn't make any sense at all. And some scientists, and this I want to point out, like in Sweden, they have uh, talked about this herd immunity. I think... Within five years, everyone in the world will have had this virus. And some people will not even know that they had it. And some people, the elderly, like myself, we may suffer, but some elderly may not suffer. It depends. We smokers and drinkers are more exposed to it. If you're 75 or 80 years old, what is your life expectation? You have to be realistic in life. You will have to go one day anyway. So whether you go uh, because you have a heart attack at 80 or because you have the coronavirus, it doesn't matter that much. What matters is how good a life you had until you're 80. Now, if you had a miserable life until 80 and you're an optimist and still hope that you will have a great life until 90, then maybe it matters. But for people who had a good life, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think a lot of it too, uh, the virus, and we, we spoke about it here for a little bit too, initially when it when it started, I mean, like you said, the, the evidence is not clear, and, and regardless of how it got out, it's out. <laughs> it's there, right? So the house is on fire, let's focus on putting the, the fire out instead of pointing fingers of, of basically who put the who, who, who lit the match that that put the house on fire, but the 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 thing is, I mean, there were a lot of models that were shared. You know, this is the expectancy, and you know, this is the amount of um, of uh, infections that we're going to have. This is the rate of infection. Here's the amount of people that could potentially die from this. And when you look at what actually played out, it it was not even close to the models which was presented, and a lot of decisions were based upon to what actually has occurred and as you mentioned you know we we are aware and we have people in our family that that was that that went through this too and that was diagnosed uh w w with the virus and so they recovered everyone's good there's there's definitely people affected the virus is real we're not I'm not <laughs> not saying that that's not the case but it just amazes me that people uh sort of uh, the decisions that were, were were based upon these numbers that came out turned out to be completely not true, and nobody's adjusted and pivoted and said, "Okay, it, the projections 
didn't really uh, play out the way that we thought that we're going to be uh, that it would. So now we're going into Plan B or C. It's kind of no, just stay the course for for most of it across the world, which is was which has been pretty interesting. Yes, I I think some of these studies were actually fraudulent, but it doesn't surprise me. We have created a capitalistic system, and we have morphed into a system of incredible correct corruption on every level of society and fraud. We have corruption in the government, in the federal government, in the local governments, everywhere. These fraudulent studies do not surprise me because the government uses the scientists to essentially tell the public this is the way it is so they don't have a responsibility it's like central bankers hire uh, consultants the consultants then publish articles about how great money printing is and so forth and so on and how we should have negative interest rates and so forth this is all a complete fraud this is we live in a fraudulent society completely dishonest I'd say a city run by the mafia would be much better than what we have today. You mentioned science and the, the science community, and, and that's something that's played out regardless of what your opinions are and and what, where your emotions take you, because it looks like that's what's going on a lot of on social media. But you mentioned the scientific community, and there has been a lot of things that just don't add up there. Because it's been corrupted for a while, right? As you had mentioned. Corrupted, very well put. It's been corrupted by big corporations and by government agencies. They give the money, but they tell them, look, uh, we want your study to come out with the following conclusions. <laughs> you get it. In other words, they tell them what they want to hear. It's uh, it's and and it's interesting always to see who's funding this. You know, the funding sources is kind of key. You don't see a lot of independent studies coming out with all these conclusions in line with corporations and government. It's usually big corporations funding studies, regardless of what field of 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 science that is. Correct. It's big corporations funding the lobbies that corrupt the politicians. The politicians are corrupt anyway, so it's not difficult to corrupt them a bit more. <coughs> but the, the, the big corporations, they also then go out and have scientists publish studies in support of the ideas they want the public to believe. And this is a great, uh, there's a great book that I enjoyed because it really explains this whole form of propag propaganda of what it is. And the book actually is called Propaganda by Edward Bernays, where they actually used doctors and scientists and always referenced studies and people of authority in a field to sell things to the public. Here's a great example. Smoking, right? What was it? Four of out of every five doctors agree that smoking is good for you or something like that. Then they would put that in advertisements and so forth and get the public to then say, oh, well, you know, doctors said, you know, smoking's fine. So I guess smoking is fine. Yes. Uh, Barnes is known as essentially the founder of public relation. 
and how to make something appetizing to the public. He was a genius, a, a controversial, but nevertheless, he was a genius. And Goebbels in Germany was equally propaganda genius. We have to leave that. Uh, he may have been an evil character, but we don't know that for sure. But he was in charge of propaganda, and that he did very well. MC Lobshire, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. We've covered that a little bit because I think it's important for everyone to understand, especially when it comes to money, wealth, and building your business to understand that you're being bombarded constantly with a lot of information, a misinformation, a lot of propaganda. And it's very important to see through all these things, regardless of where it comes from. It's funny that folks are still arguing left and right. And, you know, there's so much in, in, in all over the world. Um, and they're very polarized. It's misinformation on both sides of it, just to rile people up. And we've definitely seen that, uh, definitely seen that on social media. So you definitely have to understand and see through all of the nonsense, regardless of where it comes from, to be able to not to only survive, but thrive in this. Taking a, a direction now into the economy, another thing that I hear quite frequently now out uh, people talk about is how this virus has caused you know, this economic devastation. But I think it's more the actions of governments that that's really causing the economy. And it was the economy already was in trouble before that. So maybe if you want to speak to leading up to the uh, this this whole health crisis uh, leading up to that, you, you and I had a conversation and you were very concerned of where the economy at that stage was. Um, and this kind, and now you had these massive, massive overreactions or reactions from governments that, that's really added to, to a lot of the, the economic devastation, which have already occurred and which is still, uh, unfolding. Yes. I think the global economy began to slow down after 2016. And uh, even in the U.S some problems in the financial market emerged in August 2019, in other words, almost a year ago, when the Fed had to begin to intervene into the repo market. At the time, the Fed, which is populated by phony academics, you know, lied about it and said, oh, there's no problem, it just happens that we have to lend a bit more. And it's not QE4 at all. But eventually they had to admit <laughs> that they're printing money. But it's not only the Fed members. There were economists that then maintained, well, and these economists were, as you probably know, paid by the Federal Reserve. They were consultants and so forth. They said, well, it's not QE4 because of this and that and so forth. But in essence, it was QE4 that began in August 2019, because it was an expansion of the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve, period. Then people say, well, it's temporary. Well, as it turned out, it wasn't temporary. And I believe the crisis was man-made because they wanted to kind of 
obscured the fact that there were deep problems in the financial system already. So they thought maybe the best is to blame everything on the COVID-19. And so I believe this crisis is man-made 100% because the governments wanted more power so they can tell you and me to stay home. They can tell you and me, you don't communicate anymore with other people. You have social distancing and on and on and on. And I think in my experience of history, and I've really read a lot of history books. As you can see, I have a fairly large library of all kinds of uh, books. It has never happened that the functionaries would shut down the livelihood of so many people and themselves, they collect the same salaries or even more salaries than before. This is, I mean, really <laughs> unbelievable when you think of it. You and I, we go and vote for some people. They get into the government and then they tell you and me, you have to shut down your business, you have to stay home, and they themselves, they don't do that at all. I mean, this is something I have to say, I've experienced many things in my life. I went when I was uh, 22 to Czechoslovakia at the time, this is now the Czech Republic, and I experienced communism for the first time. For me, this was a shocking experience because people were so poor. And then I went to China in 1980, just after they opened up, and to Russia in 81. And having seen how in Russia people were lining up at markets to buy rotten tomatoes. This was an experience I will never forget. Unbelievable. This is the problem with socialism, communism. The goods don't get distributed properly. And now we have similar vicious or dumb functionaries telling you and me how we should run our lives. The people that we elected, you understand? So I just was watching last night a video by George Carlin about him talking about social and political issues. He says, I never go vote because if I vote, I can't blame the government but because I don't vote. At least I can blame them. Boy, I, I was saying to someone the other day, do we miss George Carlin at a time like this? He would have just, I mean, he would have had quite a lot of material to work with in uh, in this madness. But um, back to that that your experience and experiencing communism and socialism full on for the fir for the first time and seeing the poverty and seeing what was going on. The other thing that um, I've also seen is leading up to to what it, what what happened was there was a lot of talk about universal basic income. You know, certain people started talking about it with artificial intelligence, replacing a lot of jobs, just like the internet replaced a lot of jobs at the beginning of the century. And there was a lot of opposition to that thought and welfare programs and, you know, like I said, UB, UBI, universal basic income. And now all of a sudden, this is really, really pushed. 
and now more widely accepted, I think, that the majority of folks is in a situation like this, which is pretty scary to see because I think, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste, right, as a as a politician said in the United States here before, the mayor, uh, mayor of Chicago. So a uh, former mayor of Chicago, it's pretty scary to see a lot of things uh, that a lot of people were opposed to initially now being rolled out and, and widely accepted. Well, it's basically Trump has no political philosophy. The only religion he has is himself and to be reelected. Now, I'm not saying, and I said this before, I would have voted for him if I could vote in 2016. And today you have the choice <laughs> between him and essentially a senile man whose vice president will probably take over. They'll probably knock him off sooner or later. Biden, and then you don't know who is will be in power. But Trump, his ambition is to win the election. He knows you can buy votes. Now, in America, there are many people today that earn more not working than working. There are many more people who get more benefits uh, than if they would be working. And what you said about this basic income, he actually, from a political point of view, made a very smart move. The Democrats can't accuse him for not giving out benefits. He can go to the public in America and say, I gave you a higher income and it's all borrowed money. And Trump, four of his companies went bankrupt because he borrowed too much money. He has a miserable track record as a businessman, and he will bring America closer to bankruptcy than before. And people don't realize the current monetary policies and stimulation uh, of the economy with fiscal measures, at some point, they lead to a horror scenario where the dollar weakens and interest rates go up. And in that situation, the Fed will then say, well, I know the academics at the Fed. I know what they will think and do. They will say, well, we didn't print enough money. Then they'll go to QE5 or QE55 already. (laughs) And that will weaken the dollar even more. And at some point, the US dollar, which was essentially uh, a global currency, will lose its status. You understand, the dollar is a highly vulnerable currency. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but it is highly fragile. What are some of the things that you're looking at moving forward as some states open up in the United States and the economy is restarting? What what do you see happening? I mean, here it's, uh, you know, everyone is sort of making bets on the sidelines because not a lot of goods and services have been exchanged out in the marketplace. What, what do you what do you see What do you see happening, and what do you see happening globally, economically? Well, you know, there are two ways to look at it. Some people think the recovery will be V-shaped. In other words, it tumble up we go. Some people think it will be U-shaped. My sense is that initially, if you tumble in an industry by ninety-five percent you rebound to minus 30% quickly. So it will look like a V. But after that, I think uh, we'll stall at around 60, 80% of what we've been before. 
and uh, the stock market actually <laughs> this is what i think would be the moment of great embarrassment for the federal reserve if the stock market made a new high and unemployment would be at 15 to 20 percent then i think even the dumbest people in the us would realize these monetary policies only benefit one group of people namely the asset holders i think that will be really the day the credibility of the federal reserve will come under pressure and as i said secondly uh, maybe the stock market make new highs and the dollar tumbles i think when the dollar tumbles the question is against what i think it will tumble against like bitcoins and gold silver platinum when it happens people would also scratch their head and say well what the hell are these money printers doing to our currency and one of the symptoms when the currency obviously collapses is that price increases will be very high you know for food and for daily necessities so i, I think that uh, maybe we'll get some kind of a social unrest at some point yeah we're already seeing food prices in certain stores uh going up significantly because of the disruptions to the supply chain that it, that's already existing so we could definitely see more and more of that. Now, we've talked a little bit of uh, a gloom and doom. Let's talk a little bit of boom. You did mention a couple of things in there to look out for. Gold, silver, platinum, uh, Bitcoin, and so forth. What um, what are some of the positives that you see and opportunities in this new this new global economy? Because uh, I can't really <laughs> see, see things go back straight to normal, or do they? Well, I mean, to be optimistic for me, is difficult, and I want to explain you why. Yes, there's huge money-making opportunities. But you understand, I'm a Christian. I'm born in a Christian family, and I believe in work, that you earn your living through your work. I'm 74, I still work, and I don't use any of my assets or reserves to live. I live according to my earnings and for me to make a lot of money at the expense of a fellow man is really despicable despicable i think if you make money and all your employees also make money this is wonderful if you make money by hurting someone else it's not a very nice thing to do. And so I want to introduce this thought to your audience that yes, there are many opportunities, but most opportunities I see today is by hurting someone else. And that doesn't lead to a peaceful and nice society. That we have to realize. And the politicians are precisely hyenas that do this. They enrich themselves uh, at the cost of honest businessmen by being corrupt, devious, and as we've seen in the case of General Flynn, they are a bunch of liars, all of them. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk it's been part of the billion dollar blueprint 
followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Yeah, it's a very, very powerful thought because that's very much aligned with our philosophy is to try and produce and create as much value that we can to others and the marketplace, our communities and our families through our production and creativity and building things because uh, that's what that's what made the world great to begin with and still does in 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 many different places is people creating things and producing things and providing value for other folks and enriching the lives of others around them so that's very much aligned with our philosophy uh around money around wealth uh and, and our principles so it's a very very powerful statement because yeah, as you mentioned, there's definitely a lot of that element involved, but there will also be, I think, you know, one of the things that that really fuels us is there will be opportunities to help and try and build a new economy and create products and services of value for others and, and building those. So there will be other there will be opportunities in, in, in that aspect. And those are the ones that we wish to pursue. So I appreciate you you sharing that. You know, just like uh, I'm just trying to think of of, of co- uh, companies and businesses that were created during the last downturn in 2008 and 2009, where a lot of people were going through uh, a horrible time too. The sharing economy was basically came out of that. Uh, so, you know, the Ubers, the Airbnbs, um, a lot of sharing economy businesses, which created this new economy, which created, you know, uh, employment opportunities. I agree with you that that, that uh, I'm just writing about Schumpeter, Joseph Schumpeter, and against the stagnationists. He didn't say stagflationists, the stagnationists that are the Keynesian who claim that the economy needs constant support by the government. His view was that the economy constantly rejuvenates itself by purging inefficient producers, the creative destruction, and giving opportunities to new industries. I 100% agree with you, but when more destruction occurs, then new opportunities come about. Then you have a secular downturn in your economy. And this secular downturn, I argued already 20 years ago, has been accelerated in the Western world by government policies and regulation that Uh, essentially make it very difficult for young companies to come up. This has to be seen very clearly. And the big corporations, uh, whether it's IBM or Triple M or whatever it is, or Google or Facebook, the last thing they like is competition. They will buy out the competitors. Okay, so the competitors get money, but it stifles to some extend innovation. It's very clear. And if you look at the U.S. standard of living, the U.S. standard of living for the typical family, this household, the median household, as they say, or something like the average household, probably peaked out 
relative to the rest of the world in the late 60s. After that, if you look at the standard of living of a Chinese family in 1960 and today, and of an American family in 1960 and today, the Chinese family, the Indian family, the Vietnamese family, all of them have gone through the roof. But the standard of living of American families, in most cases, have gone down somewhat. Not hugely, but somewhat. That has to be clearly understood. And a lot of this relative decline has been a result of faulty economic policies, money printing and fiscal deficits, piling up on debt. And as you just quoted uh, Barnes, it's been the propaganda of the establishment of the big corporation. You can spend as much as you like and you can borrow as much as you like. The government enacted regulation laws that actually encouraged, encouraged borrowings of people. When in a society, you should encourage people to save. So when a crisis happens like now, everyone has savings on the side and doesn't need to apply and ask the government to give him handouts. A true stable society, uh, the typical household has savings. You understand? A sick society like we have now in the Western world is over leveraged. But it's not the fault of the individuals. The individuals were tempted. They were given, you know, goodies. Uh, so they borrowed money to buy these goodies. And then the prices of these goodies, like homes and whatever, and cars went up a lot. So they were in difficulties to buy these goodies with their savings. So they had to borrow. I think it was uh, John Adams of Washington who said, you can enslave people in two different ways, with the sword, through armies, or with debt, with borrowings. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the delayed gratification where people would build up savings and then purchase homes to live in, cars, and so forth, it just became unaffordable and it became highly leveraged. And the more leveraged it became, especially, I, I just think of housing, uh, the, the higher and the higher the prices went because the more money that they can borrow. And all of a sudden, where folks would buy a house's cash or 50% leverage, now they're 95 to 100% leveraged. Yes. But you also, I mean, I want to close this discussion, but I just want to add to this. If you look at Wall Street economists and financial analysts in the financial community, they encouraged it. They wanted to print money so the stock market goes up, so the fees go up. You understand? It's much worse than a mafia. The Fed is there. They print money. Anyone with any common sense would say, well, you shouldn't do that. But Wall Street, including many, many top Wall Street owners, a huge hedge fund owners and so forth. They said, oh, Bernanke is a hero. He printed money, QE1 and so forth. They encouraged this process. And Trump, he encourages also 
and the European governments, they also thought, oh, negative interest rates is very good. But now they realize it hurts the banks themselves. It hurts savers. It hurts the system. But they don't want to admit that they made a mistake. And the same complete insane idiots then tell you to shut down the economy. This is the way the system works nowadays. And then when you say, oh, the deep state, then people say, oh, it's conspiracy theory. The media is in it as well, by the way. There's a lot of parties involved. So uh, a final question for you. You mentioned protecting oneself, one's family, your community, things that folks can do. You had mentioned uh, some gold, some silver, some hard assets, some platinum, some some cryptocurrencies and so forth. What can what can the 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 average person out there do to protect themselves for this inevitable uh, massive outfall from from the behaviors of governments this year? Well, I think it's not only this year, it will get worse. Watch the movie 1984 or read the book. It's a good starting point. Or, you know, here, I have a book was written 100 years ago, The Servile State by Belloc. I would say, you understand, every family, every household, every individual lives in a different environment. I live in the north of Thailand. I live in the center of a city, but worse to worse, I can plant enough food on my land to live from it. It's not a problem. I live next to a river. Uh, there's enough water, unless uh, Greta is right and everything <laughs> will go dry. Uh, my worry is beer, essentially, because they shut down alcohol, as you said before, in the South Africa. It has nothing to do with the coronavirus. In fact, uh, to drink is probably good for people. But if you live in a big city, supply may be a problem. You, you understand? If you live in New York City, in the middle of the city, in a one-bedroom apartment and so forth, supplies may become a problem for you. And so I think you should have in your house sufficient uh, food to survive, say, six months or one year. Uh, where I live, food is plenty. They have overproduction of food in the north of Thailand. So it's not going to be a problem. But you know, the government can say, well, the people from the countryside are not allowed to come to the city, to the markets to sell the produce. You never know. At some point, I think the people will defy these decree, decrees by the government and say, F it. And we're going to go to the market and we're going to sell goods and there'll be huge corruption in the black market. So you eventually get the food. But I think you have to think if the government could order people to lock down, if they could and people accepted that, which I'm surprised, then the government one day will tell you, look, your mother or so or your son or your daughter or your wife, they are uh, endangered. Uh, we have to send them into a nice camp. <laughs> it's not going to be as nice as, as, as at home. And uh, I've seen some of these quarantine camps. Uh, it, it's not the place I would like to be for two weeks or four weeks or one year or two years. You, you understand? This is the issue that the government 
will tell people what to do. There may be a resistance, but if the police and the army comes and grabs your children out of your house, because you say, they will say, well, your, your father is an endangered individual. <laughs> he may have a virus or whatever it is. You never know. The principle is simply what I maintain, that I'm surprised that people were so servile and accepted the government's measure and that there hasn't been more rebellion. Maybe gradually there will be, but part of the reason why there hasn't been more rebellion is that the governments bought people. They gave them money. And that works for a while. But you'll see today the governments no longer give them money or money that is worthless, where they can't buy anything. That's the day things will get really bad. There's a great quote. And by the way, my viewers and listeners know that I am very, very good at butchering quotes. But there's a, a quote that, that goes something uh, like the following. All that um, is needed for evil to prevail is for good men and women to do nothing. So I think at this point, um, it's very important for every single man and woman to um, live their freedom daily, understand what, what, what it means to be free, and uh, work towards freedom every single day, and do not take it for granted. Um, so it's definitely a time for folks to do something about it. Dr. Farber, I really want to thank you so much again for coming on the show once again and uh, just providing so much value uh, for my listeners and my viewers and providing uh, your insights of what is currently happening uh, during this health crisis globally and what's to follow economically and what folks can do to protect themselves. Uh, for people that want to listen to more episodes featuring Dr. Mark Farber from the Gloom, Boom, and Doom Report, you could go to CashflowNinja.com and just type in Mark Farber and you'll find previous episodes featuring Dr. Mark Farber uh, when he was on the show previously. All of the, our other resources are available too at CashflowNinja.com, how to create a strategy, how to be the bank, and how you can join our community. Again, my friends, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for spending your most valuable resource, your time with me for another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. Live your freedom, live your legacy on your terms. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation 
situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.